If you guys don't know, today is a very, very special day for our country. It is a day that we get to honor people who is, who don't get honored enough. And so what I want to do is I want to take some time to thank our veterans. So real quick, if you're in this room and you served in the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, or the Coast Guard, would you please stand up and allow the Freedom Center to applaud for you? My, uh, my dad was a military police officer directly out of high school, and uh, he always taught me something, and that was that whenever you see a man in uniform, walk up, shake their hand, look them in the eye, and tell them thank you for your service. So I can't do that with you from the stage, but I would love the opportunity to say thank you from me and from the Freedom Center. And you guys, we have cake for you, and we have chocolates for you in the guest room afterwards. I would love to be able to look you in the eye, shake your hand, and tell you thank you for everything that you've done for our country because you guys do not get enough thanks for that. So, thank you. Now, I also get the honor and the privilege of introducing who our guest speaker is going to be today. Before I introduce her, I just have a uh, fun story, not really story, but she, uh, she is the head of our foster and adoption care ministry known as Clara's Hope, and uh, she has also given me one of the greatest privileges of being able to be a D-team's leader for her son. He. Uh, was diagnosed from a young age without being able to, he, they said he was never gonna be able to speak. They said that he was never going to be able to connect to anyone. And I can tell you after being his D-team's leader and trying to get him to focus for hours on end, neither one of those have been an issue for him. <laughs> Especially the speaking one. There was literally one time, he just enjoys the sound of his voice. There was one time we're sitting in D-teams, we're having this great conversation, and he raises his hand and I go, yeah buddy, what's up? He goes, I have an interesting fact. I said, all right, what's that? And he goes, Despacito has 150 million views. I was like, that's an interesting fact. Don't bring it up next time. <laughs> and without people like Tammy Cromer being in their life, he would have never had that ability to, and he would have grown up as a case, and would have been told his entire life that he's not going to speak, and that he's not going to be able to connect to people. But because of people like Tammy, and because of people like the ones that serve in Clara's Hope, he now gets to live an amazing life. So would you join me in welcoming to the stage, Tammy Cromer. Okay, so um, I'm actually not the speaker, I'm just the intro. Um, but anyway, I want to thank you and welcome you to Clara's Hope Sunday, and I get to tell you what Clara's Hope is. And I can't do that without telling you my story, and I'm going to try to tell you my story without crying, okay? Because I am Clara's mom, and Clara is the whole reason Clara's Hope exists. So a little backstory, you guys want to show our family picture? That'd be great. Um, so, uh, the reason we're doing this is Dave and I, my husband, we listen to God and when he tells us to do something, we do it. We don't really do anything other than be obedient. That's like our number one thing in walking with the Lord is we are obedient. We might not be good at it, but we're obedient. Um, so we said yes. He told us to pursue adoption of a sibling group that came a whole different way than what you would think. And that came through foster care. Josh is now 12 and Lydia is 9. And when we um, pursued their adoption, 
we didn't know what we were doing and we weren't going to do foster care. Well, then it ended up not being adoption and it was foster care and then we really didn't know what we were doing and we made a lot of mistakes and we were very much alone. And we had a lot of people say, hey, good job, I'm so proud of you. And then they went away. They didn't stick. We had one family in the past 12 years that has stuck with us. That's the cons. That was here at this church, and I'm not shaming anybody, but they were just dumb enough to be our friends forever. And we loved them very much. But they were, they were like, no, nope, we're, we're doing it. And they didn't know what they were doing, and we didn't know what we were doing. But nobody else, and that's not to shame anybody. This is, this is, this is just a fact. Nobody else really stuck with us, could, could be with us in the whole time. Now, people have come back once they realize, oh, this is what you're doing. <laughs> um, but it was very, very lonely. We didn't know what we were doing, and um, we did it wrong a lot. So we said, we're never doing this again. This is awful and hard, and we love our kids, but this is way hard. And then friends of ours adopted a little girl who was born without a brain. Her name's Sayla Green. And we went, wow, we went over to visit her, and we said, oh, that's amazing. Who would do that? And we blessed him and loved him and took him dinner and loved their family and grieved with them when she passed away, and we still said, who would do that? And then they adopted another little boy, and his name is Josiah, and he had a terminal condition, and when we met, went to meet him, something happened in my husband and I. Notice we went to them, by the way. They didn't come to us. We went to them. Okay, key point. Um, and uh, we went to them, and um, when we got home, my husband and I looked at each other, and we went, I think we could do that. Like, not excited about it. Um, and like, I think God's calling us to adopt again. Now, my husband had been ready for a while, and I was never going to do it again. Um, so we started pursuing adoption. Um, we got our home study updated, and we did all those important paperwork things. And a couple of things had come through and fell through. And then on August 16th of 2012, I got a picture of that little girl on the boppy. Her name is Clara. And when I saw her picture, I knew that that was my daughter. So without actually calling Dave at work, I applied for her adoption. <laughs> and then I let him know. And he saw the picture and we were in one accord and he agreed. Well, through a series of events, it took a couple months for us to get approval. Clara was born without a brain. That's her. And um, you wouldn't know it because her spirit was fully alive. Um, she was born without a brain, and it's a terminal condition called hydranencephaly. She lived eight months and eight days. We brought her home November 22nd of 2012. Um, that's the picture I saw when I knew she was my daughter, right? She's so stinking cute. Um, but anyway, she lived eight months, eight days, and um, when we announced that we were adopting Clara, something different happened. This church body, the community of Fenton, our family and friends said, we don't understand, but we're with you. People gave us money. We didn't even ask for money. We were taking money to pay for her adoption out of our 401k thing. Um, we were like, whatever, God will make it work. 
Um, and if you know Dave and I, we're extremely strategic planners and savers and extremely frugal, so that was like a risk. That was totally God. Um, within one day, we asked for no money, and her entire adoption was paid for. Okay, Jesus. Um, and uh, people started showing up. They cleaned my toilets. They took my kids to movies. They came and held the baby so I could take a shower. They brought us dinner. And like when I say dinner, they brought us dinner for the eight of us, but it lasted for like a week. Like so I didn't hardly cook for months. So this little girl changed this church. She radically changed us to understand what love is because she had nothing to give. She had no brain. She was blind. Her head weighed about nine pounds because it was full of fluid. So when you held her, you kind of weren't ex expecting it. But when you held her, you were radically transformed by the love that she had because it was the Holy Spirit and it was God. So where does that take us to Clara's hope? Quickly, Clara's hope began because my, when she passed away, my husband and I looked at each other and said, this can't stop. Everyone else needs the opportunity to have this interaction and this opportunity so we started. We didn't know what we were doing. We just started. Long story short, now Aaron Deal is our program coordinator. We have an administrative assistant. So we, and, and I'm an employee. Like, what the world? Um, and we are helping local families, foster and adoptive families, not be alone, to be supportive and have, to be supported and have success. We want to share with you a little bit more what that is and invite you in that but come take a look at this video to see a little bit about what we do.
Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that you are a God of redemption and a God of hope, a God who brings love and healing. And so today, Lord, I thank you and praise you for the many families who have said yes over the years to foster care and adoption. And God, I thank you for the Cromers who have bravely led the way. Today, Lord, I pray that our hearts and our minds just be open to hear from you, Holy Spirit, that you speak to us. And I thank you that your word does not return void. And so today we just ask this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. So, my name is Erin Deal. I am the program coordinator, full-time social worker for Claire's Hope, for those of you who don't know me. Um, but before I get too excited and passionate about talking about all of that stuff, I wanted to uh, talk about a scripture real quick. This is one that's very familiar, one that Pastor Jim has even spoken on recently. And so, uh, come along. Luke 10, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? So we need to be in the word. He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, where he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Now, there are a whole bunch of other scriptures that I could have used to talk about foster care and adoption, right? The word of God is loaded with defend the orphan, father the fatherless, that God puts the lonely in families. We chose this scripture today because it illustrates that there were three men who saw the same need, who saw the same neighbor, and responded in different ways. And today, we're inviting you to see your neighbor. I've had the honor and privilege of being a social worker for almost 20 years now. I've been welcomed into so many homes with so many families, and I have heard countless stories and been a part of um, 
just this experience and this journey that these families are on. Experiences related to addiction and substance abuse and mental health issues and domestic violence, physical, emotional, sexual abuse, neglect, significant, severe neglect, homes you wouldn't raise your children in. And I've had the honor to walk alongside these families as they're dealing with what is happening with this abuse and neglect, to work towards resolving those issues. And I've had the honor of walking alongside families who have said yes to welcoming some of those children into their homes when those issues couldn't be resolved immediately. They've said yes to some really, really hard things, and they've welcomed these children into their homes that said, regardless of the, the sacrifices that we're going to make, regardless of us getting too attached and potentially having to send you home, regardless of us having to potentially sacrifice financially and our time and our schedules, the impacts it may have on our biological children, all of those things, they said yes, regardless. And so, one of the things that I think is so vital, Tammy touched on, was about how we, we have the opportunity to come alongside and to be a part of and what it looks like. Because I have walked alongside foster and adoptive families who didn't have the help and support of something like Claire's Hope. And I've walked alongside families who have had the help and support of Claire's Hope, and there's a tremendous difference. And because you as a church are able to come around and to support and to hold up and to pray with and to bring meals, that's a big big deal. It matters so greatly to them. And I want to be very careful because this is not an us versus them thing. This is, um, this is not about the families who have abused and neglected or have been in addiction or have been in any of these things and then about the foster and adoptive families. It's not that at all. Not at all. Because if you look in Titus 3, and there are a lot of other areas we could look at in Scripture, too. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in the malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. We were all there, every one of us, but thanks to Jesus, right? Thanks to Jesus. But because when the goodness and love this is a different translation than the one I'm used to reading, sorry. <laughs> but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. By the washing of rebirth and renewal, is what my translation says, of Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. You guys, we have the hope of eternal life, right? We have something that brings healing and brings restoration, right? We have something that brings salvation. Terry talked about John 14 and how Jesus went to prepare a place for us. And God desires that no one perishes. God desires that families who have been in the midst of abuse and neglect are not ones that perish, but are ones that heal, right? And we are people as believers who have that hope of eternal life in us. And we are called and commanded to go and love those people to see our neighbors. We are called and commanded. We're called. God created us to be in relationship, right? He designed us to be in relationship. He designed us as mothers to be able to connect with our children. And he designed our brains to form through experiences and through relationship. And when there's 
when there's obstacles to that, when there's abuse, when there's neglect, when there are things in the way of those experiences being healthy and being in a way that can help to organize, then, then you have trauma. Then you have children who need foster and adoptive families who are willing to come in regardless and say, we'll provide the consistency, the support, the nurturing, the structure, the consistency, the support, the nurturing, the structure, the consistency, this, over and over and over again, right? And those foster families also have the opportunity to speak life into birth parents. They see them at visits. They see them in court hearings. They're taking their children to therapies and doctor's appointments and all of these things, right? But we have the hope of eternal life. So how can we not see our neighbor and do something about the fact that in Genesee County, in this county alone today, November 11th of 2018, there are 530 children in foster care. 530 children who have been separated from their families due to abuse and neglect, who are dealing with the loss of their primary caregivers, the confusion of what in the world is going on in the system with their lives, who they're supposed to call mom and dad, where they're supposed to go to school, all of these things. How can we not do something? We have the hope of eternal life. By God's great mercy, how can we not do something to see our neighbor and respond? How can we not do something for the families who are dealing with the abuse and neglect? Praying, interceding for, loving on, speaking truth to. And I know some of you are thinking, well, they've made some really poor decisions. They've burned so many bridges. They've had so many opportunities. And all of those things may be true, but the reality is, is that does not make them unworthy of the hope of eternal life. And how can we not do something? There are families, numerous families in this church alone, as well as around the community, who have said yes to foster care. And how can we not, as clear as hope, and as believers, come together and do something to help and support them? You are a vital part of this. Do you know what it means to a family who is on this roller coaster of adoption when you show up and you bring a meal and you say, I see you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. When you pray with them, when you take their children to McDonald's so that they can just go and play and give the parents a break. Childcare is one of our greatest needs. So if you love kids and would love to be a part of speaking life into a foster family, please come get with us. And how can, we not, how can we not see this need and respond? Because of God's great mercy. There are children who need safe and caring adults, even in this church on a Sunday morning when they're in children's ministry or they're in youth group. They need safe and caring adults who are going to speak life to them and who are going to not see them as misbehaving, but as children who need, to understand, who need understanding and who need people to wrap around them. How can we not see our neighbor and respond? I could go on and on and on, but I don't have time for that. But right now, I want to invite you corporately to join with us. So Tammy, if you would join us and Sydney on the keys, we're going to pray over foster and adoptive families. So if all of you who are foster and adoptive families would be willing to just stand up where you are, we would love to gather around you and to pray for you. And this does not just mean Clara's Hope families. This is anybody in the church that's doing guardianship, kinship care. You're taking care of your granddaughter, your niece, your nephew, 
neighbor's kid. We want you to stand up because you need support. Whether you want it or not, we want to pray for you. And we just ask that you as a church body would respond to your neighbor right now. Come around these people. I'm not supposed to cry. Good gravy. Okay. If you would come around these individuals because they said yes, whether they wanted to or not, God called them to say yes. So they are, they are doing more for the kingdom by saying yes than we can do if we gave our whole bank account. All right, join with me, please. Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now, and I say thank you for these men and women who have said yes. They were willing to die to themselves for what you have for them. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just give them strength and wisdom beyond their ability, Lord. When things are dark, lonely, and hopeless, that you would bring light, you would bring friends, and you would bring hope. Lord, I pray that you would, you would put it on our hearts here to bring them dinner. Lord, to come clean their toilets. Heavenly Father, to help play with their kids so there could be just a little bit of normal in their life. Heavenly Father, I thank, that, thank you that you bring order out of chaos and that you bring life and light. Jesus, I bless all of these men and women, the brothers and sisters that are represented here. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would gird them up with hope, with joy, with wisdom. Lord, and your strength, Lord, that in the dark times they can draw on what you have. Lord, and that they would have a joy in what you have called them to do beyond what we can even comprehend here. Lord, I thank you for the men and women that, that said, I see you. I'm going to surround you and pray with you. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would continue to um, pour in our hearts so that we could begin to understand how we can help. Lord, bless these men and women in the name of Jesus. Give them more than they need, over and abundant. I thank you, Jesus. All right. Amen. So I want you guys to get out your phone because we're a technological church. We are excited. So I'm going to ask you, you just responded to these people individually here, whether you got up and walked with them or you agreed with us in prayer, that's responding to your neighbor. So if you guys want to um, hop up, if you want to go to Clara's Hope, um, if you just type in Clara's Hope or TFC Clara's Hope, you'll see that I put a little link on there. And it says, um, if you want to respond, if you want to get connected with Clara's Hope, you can do it right through your phone and we'll follow up with you. If you're not techie, you can meet us out in the lobby and we have paper forms you can fill out. Guys, we're limited by how many volunteers we have. Last year, we serviced 87 children in about 30, 35 families. This year, we're up to 190 children and over 50 families. And Aaron and I are the only two people that are going into homes. We can't do this alone, okay? Just last week, two kids joined my family. Okay, so if I seem a little discombobulated, I am. Um, but it's okay because we said yes because God called us to. But what I'm asking you to do is what part can you say yes? Some of you I know are called to become a foster parent. Some of you are called to, be, to become an adoptive family. Not all. Good Lord, no. Not all. But some, 
And I'm going to call you up. And I'm going to say, step up. The time is now. Don't let fear lead you. God will do it. So step up and do that. But some of you are not called to become foster and adoptive families. Some of you are called to order pizza. Yeah. Some of you get to clean toilets. Some of you could come caulk somebody's bathtub because dad's had it on his list, but he goes to work every day. And then when he comes home, mom is so done, she can't even function. So dad can't even caulk the bathroom because the kids are like needing and then by the time they go to bed, they can't even like think. And that's like every day. We have one, uh, we have a couple families that have a laundry fairy. We have two women. One's not in this church. One is in this church that show up, pick up laundry, go take it home, fold it and bring it back folded. Talk about amazing. And that frees that family up just a little bit. Just a little bit. But it didn't take that much on the other volunteers' part. So what can you do? And I'm going to be bold. Because, guys, I'm already doing this every single day. I'm asking you to do, say, maybe once a week or once a month. I do it 24 hours a day because that's what God called me to do. He's not calling every one of you to do that, but he is calling you to. If there's something bubbling, if you got tears going, there's a reason Holy Spirit is doing that. And I'm just going to ask you, how can you help? What can you do? Because we cannot do this alone. We cannot do this alone. We're, I'm going to bless you and, and release you in just a moment. But out in the lobby, we have volunteers ready to answer questions. We have really cool Clara's Hope swag for sale. Um, and we also have prayer cards for kids that are currently in foster care, waiting for a family, waiting to be adopted. You can pray for them. That will make a huge difference. All right, Jesus, I just thank you for this time. I thank you that you have a passion for the lost, the lonely, and the hopeless, Lord, and that you equip us to bring hope and to find and to help people not be alone. All right, Jesus. So you guys are an army, so go do it. Amen.